Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Denise Brown, your host of Your Caregiving Journey, a talk show that helps you as you help family members and friends. It's April 6th, it's 11.30 a.m. Central Time, and we're live out of Chicago. Joining me in just a few moments will be Ellen Rogan. Yay! She's our wealthiness expert. She typically joins us on the first Thursday of every month. We both were busy, so this is the first show in a few months, so we're anxious to catch up and catch up with Ellen's wisdom. So she always puts us in a good place at the end of the show. A couple quick updates for you. Oh my gosh, we've had some Busy times on caregiving.com, so if you haven't stopped by in a while, stop by when you can. We have some really interesting blog posts. We have a new member who started blogging this morning, and she is blogging before her mom moves in. So I feel like she's doing the right things. She's putting her support in place. Her mom is moving in. We know that that is a, a significant change after that happens. So I love that she's getting in the habit of creating some things that will help her cope. And from my perspective, one of the best things that I've done is blog. So if you have not, but you have thought about blogging on caregiving.com, you can start anytime. Just log into your account. You can look in our general group for instructions. You can private email me. But the easiest thing to do is just look to the top of the page. You'll see a black menu bar. You'll see a plus sign, the word new. Click on that, then click post. Write your blog post, submit for review. Guess what? You've started blogging. It's that easy. So feel free to start blogging about your caregiving days. I hear all the time, I don't want to burden my family members and friends with what's going on. I worry that I'm going to burden your community if I tell people what's going on. And honestly, we cannot get enough of it. You could tell us what's going on every day. You could post a blog post and we would be okay with it because we're living it too. (laughs) So it makes us feel better to know we're not the only ones living it, which is why we never tire about hearing what's going on in your caregiving day. If you can't blog, come into our chats. We have some new volunteers who have stepped up to help. Frogger, who's one of our members who cares for her husband, is going to take our morning chat. Oh, I'm so grateful for her doing that. So we have a chat that starts your morning. You can stop in, stay for five minutes, stay for the hour, whatever works for you. That's at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Then we have an afternoon chat. That's at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. And Lily, who cares for her mom, is moderating that chat. And basically what our moderators do is welcome you, check in with you, and then listen. So there's no set program for our chats. They are just all about you stopping in when you can, stay as long as you want, let us know what's going on. Feel free to offer support back to the other members who are in the chat, and that's how it works. And then the evening chat is at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And typically I'm in that evening chat. I do take a couple nights off during the week. And depending on my schedule, the nights change. But that's usually the chat where you can find me. And then we have weekly and monthly chats. And if there's a chat that you think, I'd love to see this kind of chat, you can send me an email, private message me, share your idea. I will ask you to kind of spearhead it, and then we'll go for it. So, for instance, we have a new chat that just started last Friday. 
That's for those who are caring for a family member who has diabetes. So that's the last Friday of every month at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. And Lisa Rigi, who cares for her her son who has type 1 diabetes, She's also diabetic, and so is her mom, so she is spearheading that chat. I kind of volunteered her for that one. So I have to be honest, sometimes I volunteer people to take on the chat. But she's always so willing and so helpful. She's just fantastic. So that's another new chat that we have going on. So if you have an idea for a chat that you can't find, let me know. And then when you can, pop into our chats. Connect with the other members. Tell us how you're doing. It's just a nice way to remind yourself you truly are not alone, that there's a community of others who understand. And then it's just a nice way to kind of let it out. And you can let it out without worrying about what we're thinking because all we're thinking is, how can we support you? Okay, so those are the updates. So joining us this morning, yay, is Ellen Rogan. She's our wealthness expert. She's a New York Times bestselling author. Isn't that awesome? And her latest book is called Picture Your Prosperity, Smart Money Moves to Turn Your Vision into Reality. So welcome, Ellen. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm so glad to be back with you, Denise. Thank you. I've missed our, I've missed our talks. I know. I have to get in a, a better place, so I'm glad we're talking today. So I threw out a topic for you this morning, and typically we kind of touch base before the show starts, but we got chit-chatting. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't get to that. We didn't get to our, we didn't get to our homework. But... Yeah, but I think it all relates to your topic and then the yeah. one I threw back at you, and I think they're all, and then we, actually what we were talking about before the show started, I think it's all somewhat related and perfect. Yes, I think so too. So I kind of generalized our topic today. So I went a little broader than what I pitched to you, but we're going to throw in what I originally pitched to. So I was thinking about how to stay positive. And I think we have challenges during the day that can just throw us off course. And the next thing you know, we're saying to ourselves, I'll never have enough money. I'll never be able to get from out of this debt cycle, I'll just never. So how do we how do we approach our day so that we have some good healthy habits that can help us regardless of what happens? So the first thing that's important is to know that when you say things like, Ah, oh, I'm never gonna have enough money, it's never gonna be okay, I'm always gonna feel worried about money, that there is an impact for having that thought. It can feel just the way it is, and um, just the way it is. Of course I'm worried about this. Of course I'm feeling like that. Um, And it's really um, beneficial and important and impactful to know that what you think and what you say about your money to yourself has an impact. And um, like I said, it's really easy when you're in uh, fear or worry around money Uh, negative thinking, to just feel like, well, that's just the way it is. Um, And when you can realize it's just a belief, like a belief that you hold very near and dear, but then it's something you can do something about, uh, and that it's important not to feel that way. So for just an analogy, what you and I, to share with people listening in, we were talking about before the um, 
show started was about dealing with stress. And I was saying I had a, a week where I was physically feeling really stressed. And I know that a little bit of stress can be good, get you motivated, but too much stress can make you sick, can make you feel bad, can hurt relationships. And um, I think the good thing was I was aware of that. And just the way you can be aware of having these negative thoughts about what's going on with money can have a negative impact as well. Yeah, and I I think what's so hard is that we want to be realistic with ourselves, right? So that's where the negative thought comes from. We want to be realistic. Well, things are not going well. I have to be honest about this. It's not going well. <laughs> so then yes. we get yeah, right? So we get stuck in that thought of, well, it's just not going well. And and to not be like, oh, I can sometimes be accused of being, you know, relentlessly upbeat and too, you know, merry sunshine, like, oh, just think positive. No, mm-hmm. like you're actually feeling some worry and stress. What mm-hmm. I found that can be, you know, so what can you do to start to alleviate that? Um, one thing that I found very helpful for people and really authentic. So it's not just like, no, I have no money worries. You know, everything's rosy when it actually may or may not be, is to at periods um, of time during the day, one thing you can do is focus on what is working and what you're grateful for. And there's yeah. lots of research that shows that it significantly reduces your stress level, significantly boosts your happiness level, and may also help put some things in a different light or a different perspective. So um, I'm always going to have to work. Money's always going to be tight. Could be that energy, which feels, just even saying that, feels really restrictive and hard and negative and stressful. Could be, um, I'm so grateful I have a roof over my head. I'm so grateful that I have a car that runs or that I do have a paycheck. Maybe, you know, I have aspirations to growing it, but I have money coming in. Or whatever you can find that is, is that's working for you. Yeah, I like that. That's a good reminder for me because sometimes I'm really great at the gratitudes and then other times if the stress really is starting to build or the pressure to keep doing. I have too much to do. Sometimes I can't take that few moments of just remembering what it is that I'm grateful for. What reminds me, though, is money. So here's what's interesting. Yesterday, I found 15 cents. Now, that does not sound like a lot of money, but it was sitting right there in a puddle. Stepped out of my car. There it was. Oh, I was so excited about this 15 cents. So that always reminds me to be grateful. Thank you, God, for this 15 cents. Picked it up out of the puddle, put it in my car. So what's interesting is that money can work against us with feeling like there's not enough. And if we can shift it so that we, when we find the pennies, because there are pennies out there for us to find, it can slip us also into that gratitude. And noticing. Yeah, there is abundance in this belief of like, okay, there really is abundance there and not going into what's 15 cents, like why even go through the energy of that, but it's mm-hmm. just um, a reminder that there is more than enough out there. Um, and, it, you know, in terms of the gratitude thing, and it's, it's not always easy to remember to do it, especially when there's a lot going on. I did start something I thought might be helpful to share because it's for me it's been working really well. 
Um, I had heard about this thing called the five-minute journal. Have you heard about this, Denise? It's a, I have not. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and you don't actually – I bought the actual book, the journal. I got it on Amazon. There's like a website, five-minute journal. But you can just use – in the, the prompt, I'll go through the prompt questions. You could do this on your own. You don't actually have to buy the book. Um, although it just felt a little more official for me when I did that. You could use any kind of um, notebook for this. And the idea is that in the morning and at the end of the day, you do a little bit of a check-in. And so the prompt questions are, I'm grateful for, and they say three, you know, list three things. So I'm grateful for the roof over my head. I'm grateful it stopped raining in Chicago today. I'm grateful, you know, for my best friend, Terry, or whatever that is for you. And then you write, what would make today great? So you're putting this positive, clear intention. And in the what would make things great today would be things you can control, not like um, my husband is in a good mood. Well, that I can't control. But maybe I'm loving and kind, and I'm calm in my communications with my husband today, or um, that I have a really great workout and feel strong, or whatever it is. And then you do a daily affirmation, and I am. I am calm and clear and loving today. Whatever your themes are, maybe it's the same one every day, maybe you change it up. And then right before you go to sleep, you note down three things, three amazing things that happened today. So this goes, I found 15 cents. Yes. Right? So you're acknowledging what is working and what was great. And it can be little, it can be big. I usually end up with more than three once I get going and I just start writing in the margins. And the last question is, how could I have made today even better? So it's not about beating yourself up, but it's like, okay, we're always growing. How can I make today even better? Maybe I meditated. Maybe I could have meditated. Maybe I could have meditated twice today. Maybe I should have written that thank you note I intended to write, whatever. And because it's so short, like I think, you know, many of you know it's great to journal. Like we hear this, it's great to say what you're grateful for. But to have, like, a really easy system that you can just write down less, it's really, for me, it's usually less than five minutes that this takes. Um, it's been awesome. And I've really committed to it, and it hasn't been hard. I haven't missed a day since I started, which is about two or three weeks right now. So what I love about that is that you're not starting with the blank page. Because sometimes you look at that blank page and you think, okay, what is it that I'm going to say? So the prompts are important. I love that. What is it that I'm? I can change. I I can change a. What, what's what could the last I have question? made? What could have made? Uh, what, how could I have made today even better? How could yeah. I have made today even better? And here's the other thing that you brought out that I think is so important is that we think that when others do what we want, it makes our day better. So, <laughs> so for instance, you gave the example of if my husband helps me today. And a lot of times during caregiving, we do give up that control to, for instance, our carry. If, our care, if my carry has a good day, I'm going to have a day, good day. If my sibling helps me, then I'll have a good day. And so we're always couching the good day based on how someone else behaves, which leads us down the, oh, today was not a good day because my sister didn't help. My Carrie wasn't in a good mood today, so I didn't have a good day. So we want to make sure that we keep it to ourselves. We can give ourselves a better day and our Carrie can still have a good, a, a bad day. So 
We don't and want that, it to be that, that, that thing that other people do can be acknowledged in what was awesome today. Oh, my sibling showed up. That was really awesome. Yeah, Instead right. of the expectation and then the yes. disappointment, it yes. is about things. Because we know this, right, If even consciously or unconsciously. You can only control how you think, feel, react. You can't control if someone else does. Yeah. Yeah. And what can be challenging is that you see what a solution could be that could make you feel better, which is your sister helping. (laughs) So you get caught up in that. If only, if only she would help, I would have a better day. And that resentment and bitterness grows from that thought. And it can be hard to let go of that thought because you can see my life would be better if she would just help. I wouldn't have to do all this. And yet the thought makes it harder for you. Yeah, and maybe if we're being in a, not a, you know, someone else, I, I understand some of this can be um, more challenging with family dynamics and stress, but if we look at just this list, like what would make today great is I have a really open discussion with my sibling about what's really going on and how I could really ask, um, use their help. So that's about what you could do, and yes. that the result isn't about what they're going to respond. And maybe you're not going to get the response you want, but that was the thing that you did towards that goal. Yes, exactly. You're not just leaving it up to them. You're taking specific steps, which include a specific request so that you'll know. Yeah. She's not going to help. Okay. Now I know it sucks. It's awful. Now I know who else could help. Right. That I asked because yeah, you to ask yeah, and so that still could be a thing that was awesome, even though you didn't get um, the right. result you wanted. You could feel good. Well, okay, at least I put it. I felt like I handled that conversation in a in a in a way that was helpful. And you know, to bring this back to money, you're like, well, what does this have to do with money? But it's the same. It's it's really money's just another area of our lives that we do the same things as everywhere else. So this negative thoughts about if people are going to help me or be supportive, or I don't have enough money, it's really the kind of the same issues. And when you can add gratitude into this, then it, um, what, I, what I found and lots of other people have found in research has borne out is then when you lower your stress level around things, boost your happiness or optimism level, then you can start to see opportunities that may be out there that you were blind to when all you were looking at was how you, this is never going to work out. Right. Yes. Because we do we do try to control the outcome, believing the only way the outcome can happen is if we control it. And what happens is that we force something and we overlook other possibilities. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think when there's a difficult situation up, what I've tried to do is, first of all, notice, am I looking at this without any hope or with, you know, all these negative views? And is there another way to be open to there being a different solution? So one of the things I very strongly am being visualizing what you want to have happen. And um, what I'd like to add in is this or something better. Maybe there's another support solution that it wasn't even part of your awareness because you were just fixating on your sibling showing up. Yeah. So this or something better. 
Yeah, it can be so hard for us to really let go. I mean, you've talked to us about this, and I I love how you always reference that closed fist. Mm. We have to open in order to receive. And the other part of it, too, is we think that one step gets us to the outcome. So, for instance, one request will get us to the outcome. And sometimes it becomes frustrating because the one request didn't get us to the outcome or for whatever reason, we didn't get to the money goal we wanted. And I was reminded last year that everything we do matters. And what I, what I mean by that is one step that we take becomes one step. And so we look at that one step as, oh, well, that didn't, that didn't happen in the way I wanted it to be. But if we look at every step together, that's where we get somewhere. So for instance, your sibling won't help. You made a request and she said no. And you think, oh, that didn't get me anywhere. However, back to what you said, it's courageous to ask. And that step leads to the next step, which is now I know how to ask, so I'm going to keep asking. So it's all of that together makes a difference. It's the total. Yeah. And it's, it's so not easy. Just, That's such a, a great way to think like it's one step forward because I know for uh, me sometimes in the past I've asked for something and if I didn't get it, I'm like, oh, okay, and just let it go. I was listening to a podcast um, about Steve Case who started AOL and at one point, he was um, early in the business. He was trying to get Apple to load their software into their machines. Was, and he was went to the Apple headquarters every day for like six months and talked to different people till he could get the result he wanted. And like, who does that? Like, that's such an awesome thing. He was really clear, and he tried. You know, I'm sure he didn't ask the same person every day for six months. <laughs> So, like, asking your sister the same way every day is probably not going to get you there. But maybe it's, okay, I need support thinking about what you really want. Maybe I could ask differently. Maybe there's another way I could get this instead of just assuming that that just giving up about what you think is, is going to be supportive for you or the result that you really want. Yes. We get one no, and we decide, well, that's just not going to work. And if we think about it as we got one no, which gets us closer to a yes, as long as we keep asking, it changes how we approach that. Yeah, and knowing that that really is a strategy that can, and again, it depends how you ask and stuff, but I I know in the past I've been a, I get one no, I'm like, okay, kind of person. And it doesn't necessarily serve anybody. If you're really clear on what's important, it, the, the growth comes from figuring out different ways to ask or different people to ask. It's yeah, it's all about, yeah, it's about the courage. And it's about thinking, you know what, this is important to me. It's worth my effort to keep asking because I deserve what I'm asking for. You know, and the positive part of this, to go back to the original discussion, is to keep that goal in mind about how it's going to serve your career in this example or serve your um, financial stress going down, your financial stability, to keep um, at that and have a positive viewpoint um, on it, 
would move you way ahead versus this uh, this no, right? Okay, I got a no, so I stop. And it, it, it works in every area of your life. I think sometimes people make money, this whole separate thing. Oh, but it's different with money? No, it's really the same thing. It's just a different area of your life. It's a more intimidating area of our life, which I think is why we have a tendency to think it's harder, it's more difficult, or that it's just different, that it can't apply to money. Okay, so what I go back to is this idea of how we use our yeses and our noes. So we receive no's when we're getting, when we're putting out our requests, which can make us say no to what it is that we want. So if we think about it as saying, yes, I want this, and I'm willing to put up with the no's because I know I'm ultimately going to get a yes, it can help us figure out, it can help us remind us that this is not This is a commitment to the long term, however long it takes. With breaks in between, because it can be really disappointing and sometimes discouraging, and yet it's that commitment to, I'm going to make this happen. I am going to make this happen. It's saying yes, which makes it easier to put up with the no's, because the yes is bigger than the no. How does that sound? Yeah, and it makes it, you know, it has me um, thinking of someone I know who runs a um, big financial institution in Chicago who started it from scratch and has always inspired me because when he hears the word no, he it appears he interprets it as, oh, I must have not been clear in my request. <gasps> Oh, really? Which is so different than how I would have been. Like I didn't either. I'd feel bad about the way I asked, or like, oh, I don't want to bother them. And yes. he is um, um, so tenacious, but in a good way, uh, because he keeps going back. Oh, I must not have been clear, because otherwise this would not have been a no. And maybe I need to offer something different, or maybe I need to approach <sighs> this differently. Or, and I really don't. I mean, there's no intimidation with the no. It's like okay. Like, okay, what do I do next? And I think that's such a healthy way to hear that word. He's looking for the win-win. Oh, yeah. And And so his... Oh, go ahead. It's a a very self-confident perspective, too, right? Like, and and self... And um, taking a lot of personal responsibility. Like, no, I know I have something amazing to offer this, you know... I mean, with an example, it's um, I've done, I do work for this company. And when he first talked to me about it, I said no. And then <gasps> finally, I'm like, wait a minute, I should be really complimented. He keeps coming back and maybe I'm not hearing things right. And the truth was, he was offering something that I had actually been really looking for, but it came in a different wrapping paper than I realized. And so yeah. I wasn't even, so I'm great. I'm so grateful he kept asking. Really served me. So interesting. So you <laughs> you said no because you thought it wasn't what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So and when he when he came back to you, do you remember how he tweaked? Well, some of it re- was like we want you downtown every single day. I'm like, "No." 
You know, so some of oh, it were yeah. really no's. And yeah. then he got clear. Yeah. He was like, and he asked a really good question. What is it you really like to do? What is it that you want? And then can we use that? And, you know, initially it was about me doing a lot of speaking for them. But what I heard, it was working in this, it was working in downtown. But I was really wanting to do more speaking, but it just came in a different package. And it took someone actually from my standpoint to go, Ellen, I don't get it. Why aren't you saying yes? This is what you said you wanted. And so from my viewpoint, it was a really great example of often what we say we want is right in front of us. It just looks different than we expected. Maybe it's not your sister that's going to come in and help you, but maybe there's some neighbor that keeps saying, hey, can I help? Can I help? I'd really love to help. You're, and you're just not even paying attention because it's not the same package as you were thinking it should be. Right, because we think, well, our neighbor shouldn't be helping us. My sister should. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. your neighbor, right? right? But your neighbor. But what you really want help. is help and support. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes we just are thinking, well, they don't mean it. Uh, yeah, I we tell ourselves a story that isn't necessarily the the real story. And if someone is offering, I think we have to have the conversation about it. And we have to be willing to say, of course, of course, I'd love your help. And get over the idea that we are less when we receive help. We are more when we receive help. Well, and can I add that when people offer and they give help, like really sincerely, so let's just play with this example. It's your neighbor. Think how good they're going to feel to be able to help you. I mean, generosity and volunteering has been shown to boost people's happiness levels, their health levels. So by you saying no, because it should be your sister, it shouldn't be some neighbor who's helping, you're actually uh, not allowing your neighbor to be happier and healthier in some ways. And it's the same for you, too. You are not allowing yourself to be happier and healthier. Okay, so this is a positive way to end it, so I'm going to end it here. (laughs) Okay, this was great. Thank you, Ellen. I always feel so much better after we talk. Thank you so much. I love that. I love our time together, Denise. Thank you. And for our listeners who'd like to be in touch with you, what's your website address? Yeah, it's ellenrogan.com. That's E-L-L-E-N-R-O-G-I-N.com. We have all sorts of good stuff for you there, so just check it out. I'd love to connect with you. Okay, Ellen, thank you so much. Looking forward to our show in May on the first Thursday of the month. Yay. And thanks, everybody, so much for listening. I'm Denise Brown. Be sure to stop by caregiving.com. Let us know how you're doing because we always love to know. Take care. Bye-bye.